Hey everyone, welcome to the Launch Goal Podcast. This is the first episode of season four. We've now had three wonderful seasons of the Launch Goal Podcast, which, if you can believe it, started way back in 2017. And now, five years later in 2022, we are on season four. So just to recap a bit, last season, season three, were hosted by Mandy and Callie, who both did an incredible job of highlighting various people at Launch Goal, and just did an incredible job of organizing and producing the podcast. And this is one downside of a training program such as ours. Our students leave us at some point. So both Mandy and Callie moved on from their part-time job as podcast hosts to become full-time software engineers. Mandy over at Mozilla and Callie over at New Relic. We're very proud of them and very happy for them. But it means now the podcast needs new hosts. So that brings us to season four. And this season, Karis and I, this is Chris Lee, we're going to host the podcast. Okay, so that's enough rambling from me. Let's get to the first agenda item, which is introducing our other podcast host, Karis Tobias. So Karis, do you want to give a quick introduction about yourself? Yes, I would. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm Karis, and thank you for inviting me to host the season's podcast. I'm actually really excited to be able to cover with you all the latest community events at Launch School especially because I live in Australia and often miss out on them due to time zones. So this should be a really great year for the podcast. And uh, speaking of, we are doing things a little bit differently. Could you tell us a little bit more about our new podcast format, Chris? Yeah. So the previous episodes, I think, were of such a high production quality. And they have these episodes where they have multiple guests. And it just took a lot of coordination, a lot of effort. And what I want to do is actually make it a little bit easier for us to produce. So therefore we can um, have them more often and almost have it more talk show oriented where we can cover the recent events that's happening at Launch School. We have so many things happening on a weekly basis. We send out those community updates, which I think are good, but sometimes there's just like a lot of things to read. And I think this format we get to rehash some of those things and maybe just talk about it. And also reading, I think, requires like kind of dedicated focus. And I'm a huge consumer of podcasts and audiobooks. I like to listen to them as I'm exercising or walking or whatever, right? So it's just easier to consume, I think. So I thought this format might be good. And it, it complements sort of the previous seasons, right? Where you like have all these wonderful interviews and stories and sort of human first perspective. And I think I want to keep that because... That's so good. We have such amazing people here. I want to keep that, but also just have it more banter oriented. That's the idea. And obviously, another thing is we want to have uh, feedback from our listeners. And, you know, they get to ask questions and be a little bit more participatory from that perspective. I think there's always a lot of like interest and questions about how do we think about things or how, how what's the future or something like that. We can, you know, we, we can talk about all those things here on the podcast, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. And I remember you saying something about highlighting all these little pockets of positivity that we have going on in the community, but it sometimes goes really fast in the Slack chat. You're not always able to catch up with what's been happening. So this is a perfect place to be able to share what's been going on lately. I just go from one high to another, <laughs> sort of running logical. There are just so many interesting, positive things. I'm not just talking about offers, right? So the, the offers are always there. The, the sort of the salary numbers are always there. But just in the process of like learning, mm. there's just so many wonderful little things that are happening. And, and sometimes I don't want to get pulled in until like later. Marcos gave me a demo the other day 
of their use of Gathertown, which is just mind-blowing what they're doing. And, and like, there's all these little stories like that that I want to just be able to talk about, you know, highlight. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And Ronnie gave a talk yesterday of, of Gatsby and the recording's not up yet, but, you know, the people who attended, you see all the positive comments about how amazing and it, things like that, I think, deserve a little bit of conversation, right? Well, certainly. So I'm looking forward to doing that with you on this podcast format. So let's get started. So here's what we're going to talk about today. First, we'll be covering some current events at Launch School, and that includes the Buddy Program, some cool articles that we saw, some changes to the assessments, and a quick glance at the Professional Git Seminar. Then I'll be catching up with our previous host from last season, Callie, in a one-on-one interview. And finally, we'll be ending with some quick reminders, so some upcoming events that you should be aware of. And of course, everything that Chris and I talk about today can be found in the show notes. So we'll kick it off with some current events at Lawrence School. And I was wondering, Chris, I know a little bit about it, but I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about the Buddy program and how does it work? Yeah, sure. And this is a program that I think just naturally started with the Launch School Women's Group. I want to say time exists weirdly in my mind, but I want to say about a year ago. I don't know if I got that right. Yeah, maybe about a year ago. So it's been going on for quite a while. And it is a program where new female students coming into launch school get assigned a buddy and they get to meet twice within their first month. That's the idea. This is not like a technical thing. This is supposed to be about showing them around launch school, quote unquote showing. And this came about because I'm always surprised by people who don't know certain things, like for example, the spot or just certain things that's happening at launch school or how things work, like study sessions, right? Once in a while, I'll run to somebody less and less, but still, you know, you still run to somebody and they're like, oh, I didn't know there were study sessions, (laughs) right? You're like, whoa, how come you didn't know that? So the buddy program was just kind of a human way of showing all the nooks and crannies and all the cool things that are happening at launch school, like a dedicated person. And again, it's not supposed to be having a technical problem, not tutoring and and not like pairing, but just talking about like learning in general and also just launch school, like how to approach uh, master-based learning, right? How to approach just launch school, our program. So we have senior buddies that are volunteers, but we actually pay our senior buddies. So they have to volunteer for the program, but then, you know, they get something out of it as well to participate. So yeah, the program has been going really, really well. I think for the most part, you know, vast majority of participants say they like it, they enjoy it. And and a lot of people actually end up making great friendships out of it. It's hard to meet people. So this is one avenue. Yeah, that sounds such a great idea. And I'm kind of taken back to a time where I went to university or college and, you know, you are first starting out, you're a little bit new and shy and you don't really know your way around. And then it's just so comforting to have somebody take you around and show you how everything works. But it's kind of like that, but in the online realm, right? Yeah. Mm Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And actually, when I remember talking to you about it, and you didn't know what it was, and I was like, oh, wow, because you started before this this thing started. And I feel like everybody who has gone through this has always given, when they do give feedback, I guess no one gets like negative feedback, just because it's an optional thing, you don't have to participate. But the vast majority of people want to participate. I think it's pretty rare for someone to say, hey, I'm good. You know, I don't need to do this. Mm. Um, 
So yeah, I'm very happy with the way it's going. And we have just such a amazing group over at the, you know, the women's group and just lots and lots of senior buddies to, to choose from. And I think that program has, you know, I do a little bit of matchmaking in the beginning, but like, other than that, it's just kind of operating on its own. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It sounds so exciting. And I know it happened after that I joined, but it sounds like a really great program. And and I'm really excited for the new students to be able to experience having that sort of that guide that can just show them around. That's really wonderful. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting kind of big now. Like there's a lot of things happening (laughs) and it it can be (laughs) overwhelming. Just like Mm. articles to read, there's videos to watch, there's talks to attend. Uh, And and by the way, you got to study too, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But speaking of articles, there have been some cool articles that you and I have seen lately. And I wanted to actually start with the interview that I had with Felicia. And um, Felicia is this YouTube blogger. She puts up these videos that talk about all of her time at launch school, but she also puts up interviews as well. And the last interview was with myself. And she, she and I talk about this idea that everybody learns differently. And we were discovering that she and I actually had a lot in common, which was that we were visual learners and that we learn better through pictures and metaphors. And how did you feel about the interview that Felicia and I had? So I watch all of Felicia's videos. <laughs> I queue them up. I'm, I'm behind by a couple of videos, I think, but they're so just authentic. You know, they're just so real. I enjoy watching them just it gives me like kind of the student's perspective, but with, yeah, with your interview with her, I I thought it was really, really interesting because it wasn't just piling on the accolades, you know, like it's like, if you're here at launch going, you're making videos about it and you're, you know, you're talking about it. You're probably having a good time. Yeah. But what I thought was good is your ideas around, even though the curriculum didn't fit you initially, Mm -hmm. you were able to like kind of power through it. Mm-hmm. But it really, I feel like highlighted a blind spot in mm-hmm. the core curriculum because, you know, I had a very, very strong influence on the core curriculum, of course. And I feel like I, when I went to create the core curriculum, it definitely reflects sort of the, you know, like the way I learn. Right. Or maybe the way like I wish I learned, which is mm-hmm. sort of like this like rigid approach, this logic oriented, rigid approach. And that's worked out well for me. And when I went to create the core curriculum, I always had the mindset of like, like a helicopter parent or something where like, I desperately want you to have this knowledge. And so there's like the strong handed approach of like, memorize this, you know, do it this way, because I know you're going to get grilled on this on job interviews. I know Mm -hmm. you're going to run into this in your career. You know, I started my career in 2002, worked in lots of different places. So I feel like, you know, don't get burned like I did, you know, it took me many, many years to figure out like, do this now. Absolutely. I I mean, not not in the rigid sense, but I can imagine how many capstone students are now benefiting now that they're in jobs from learning those fundamentals. I can definitely see that happening. And we've heard it as well through those previous um, interviews that you had in previous seasons. I can just imagine how helpful that's been. It's helpful if you can get through it, but it is, you know, what I realized from listening to you and Felicia is like how hard it is for both of you, but you're just, you're, you're able to power through it, which is, I guess, one way to deal with it. But what clicked in my mind was we have this great thing here and it obviously works for some, but if we can 
somehow adjust the core curriculum a little bit, expand that just a little bit, it could serve more people. And I think that's, in my mind, one of the things we need to work on, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, like all our staff too are kind of like in that mold, which again, works great. But what if we have this, again, this great thing and we can just expand it to to more people, you know, wouldn't that be worth exploring. Right. Yeah. No, thank you so much for sharing that. It actually brings to mind Chelsea's article. Her article was called Lessons from the First Half of Core because we were talking about how this idea, how students learn differently, and she explores her own way of learning at launch school. And she found that there was three phases and it was just like listening to a song for the first time. First, you were kind of exposed to a song and you wasn't sure if you caught all the lyrics and then you learn it a little bit more. And then finally you put it into practice, which is very different from from the learning phase. And uh, it kind of really reminded me of the idea that everybody picks up the core curriculum very differently. What was your take on Chelsea's article? Yeah, I thought it was a, a, a really good article and worth reading for sure. And mm. her analogy, first of all, she's a great writer. <laughs> I mean, and, and yeah. sort of, so is Katarina. <laughs> I mean, all these articles are like very well written. I, I wrote down a quote here and I'll just read it. So in her article, she writes, quote, the biggest lesson I learned thus far, apart from programming, of course, is how inaccurate my previous assumptions about learning were, mm-hmm. end quote. And so that to me, this like learning how to learn is the actual skill that so many people get, the meta skill that people mm-hmm. get here at Launch School in master-based learning. It's not like about cramming topics. It's not like, oh, I, I learned React or GraphQL or Postgres or HTTP or whatever. Like, yeah, those things are fine too, right? Those are good. But it's figuring out how each individual, they learn. Yeah. And that's the meta ability that really unlocks long-term career growth. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to learn on the job all the time, right? Yeah. And I think this is this is why this compressed learning time just doesn't give you time to figure out how to learn. You just have to ride along. Capstone is kind of like that. You know, Capstone is time-based and you just got to hang on. That's it. You hang on, you know, but for fundamentals, you know, Capstone, we're covering different types of topics, right? For fundamentals, I think quote unquote, just hanging on is really not going to be conducive to a long-term career. So this article highlights, I think, maybe the most important thing to take away at launch school which is the meta skill of learning how to learn. Absolutely. I, I thought that it was, it was such a good description. And she put it so simply into a metaphor about listening to a song because we can all relate to that. And I just love how she did that. It actually brings to mind Felicia's latest video that she put out. It's not an interview. It's how she actually studies and prepares for launch school assessments and interviews. And just like Chelsea does, she does this quick initial pass of the material or the course that she's about to go through. And then she uses the study guide and quizzes to determine how prepared she is for an assessment. And for interviews, she actually practices sessions with other students. What did you think of Felicia's latest video? Yeah, you know what? I'm a, I'm, I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, okay. That's so, all right. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. I promise I will watch it after this recording. But you, the idea of doing a one pass first mm-hmm. and then going through again, I think that's a very common tactic. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage that way of learning because I've just seen it work so well for a lot of people. Yeah. But I also have heard people say, no, I just take it step by step. You know, I just do it 
assignment wow. by assignment, one yeah. step at a time as well. So I, again, this is one of those things where it's just like, you got to figure out what works for you. Mm. You know, what works for Felicia, what works for Chelsea, what it may or may not work for you, yeah. but take the tips, figure it out. This is what mastery-based learning is all about. It yeah. gives you room. Yeah. And I found it fascinating how each of these people through these interviews and articles have each explored their way of learning. And I think it makes going through core just so much easier once you know how you learn, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That actually brings to my Katarina's article. It's called We Are Made of Stories. And she talks about this theory called the modeling theory. And it's about taking a successful person's technique and then you extract it into a series of steps that can be used by anybody. And she actually wonders if it's possible to switch out our own models of learning because we could be using the wrong model. And she says, like, if you take an assessment and you don't do so well, you shouldn't be maybe down on yourself because you could be using the wrong model. This really spoke to me because I thought to myself, I did this with my interview with Felicia because I wasn't sure if the model was working for me. So I started doing visual learning and then it really worked. What was your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think it's it's a good compliment to Chelsea's article actually, right? And mm. the way that Catherine and I wrote about it is is so profound. It takes a little bit of time to think through. And honestly, I don't think I've fully like thought it through yet, but mm-hmm. I think I totally agree with you in that it's talking about like this meta skill yes. of, of trying to take a step back and thinking about not just like JavaScript or SQL, you know, or whatever you're studying. Yes. Not, like that's not the key, right? The key is like, how do you perceive your own learning in her, in her article, the learning models, right? Mm-hmm. How are you approaching the act of learning. And I love these articles that talk about this because again, this is the key. This is why we're here. And this is why you're getting hired to make all this money and all that stuff. Or like, cause otherwise it doesn't make sense. Like, okay, you're saying I learned a little bit of this and I can make this much money. How does that work? And mm-hmm. what if I just read that book? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. But if you only think of the software engineering career from a knowledge standpoint, you will always be stopped. Right. As soon as your work reaches the edge of your knowledge, you're done. Mm. It's not about knowledge, right? It's it's about learning how to learn. You need knowledge to bootstrap that process. Yes. But you really have to like analyze how do you learn? You have to be passionate about that topic. Like yeah. that's a topic that you need to think about. Everyone needs to think about and study, right? You have to look at how you learn. That's yeah. so important. And both of these articles, I think, offer interesting perspectives on that. Absolutely. I think that's why you have the learning how to learn course in the prep course and the mastery mm-hmm, book exactly. as well. Yeah. 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 Those fantastic. are the keys. Those are the keys. It's not Ruby syntax or JavaScript. I mean, you know, we have those books too. Mm-hmm. But if you can figure out how you learn, what your style is, what your approach is, what your day-to-day is, week to week, month to month, year to year, you're going to be unstoppable. Thank you for your insight. I actually just wanted to do a quick shout out to Ethan's article. I won't go into too much of it because it was a huge deep dive into scoping in Ruby. But what I wanted to highlight was that he demonstrated what he learned in a great way. And it cements your understandings when you write like a deep dive and a blog post such as that. It's sort of a win-win because you have on one hand, you're, you're demonstrating what you're learning by writing, but then other people get to read it. And so they're learning too. What did you think about that? Yeah, again, I totally agree with you. You hit upon the the key thing that I wanted to cover, which is, you know, again, Ethan's a great writer, really good article. It just, again, reminds me of like how so many good writers and 
clear thinkers here. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's quite impressive. I've seen a lot of really great technical articles from the logical community over the years. Mm. And this is another one. But I think that the, the takeaway here for, for those who are listening is, yes, you should read this article. But I think the real value is in writing this article because that's how you are forced to learn. You're forcing clarity upon yourself because you want to write for the logical audience. And so when they say like teaching a concept will force you to understand it a lot better than if you're just learning it. Mm. Well, writing is forcing you to teach it. Yes. Right. It's forcing you to articulate it. And when you do this and you do a good job, I mean, taking our assessment is a piece of cake, you know, because that's all we're trying to get on these assessments. Like you're like, what, what, what are the assessments about? It's like just clarity, clarity mm-hmm. in your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the key. And it's hard to like know if it's clear in your mind unless you can express it clearly, right? Clearly, we have some fantastic articles and videos out there, and I'm so glad that we were able to catch up and cover some of them. I really wanted to also talk to you about the new assessments at Launch School. Could you tell us a little bit about the new Launch School assessment, 185 in particular? Oh, right. Yeah. So we added a new assessment. I think it's rolling out the end of this month. And... Mm -hmm. The idea behind them is we have our networking course, 170, and then we have our database course, 180. And to me, building web applications is a combination of learning language fundamentals, learning networking fundamentals, and then learning database fundamentals. Yeah. Once you do these three things, now you combine. Combine is hard too, right? So yes. combining them is, is very difficult. So we have 175, which is combining the language fundamentals with the networking fundamentals, right? And we don't yes. do anything with databases. Adding databases in is just like makes everything, you know, 10 times more difficult <laughs> from testing to deployment to just coding locally. Mm. 185 is a chance for people to practice combining, right? And that's right. super important. Practicing the integrated skill now putting all these things together that you've been um, working on. As many people know by now, I grew up playing basketball. So it's like, you know, you practice dribbling, you practice mm. shooting, you run and to get in shape. Okay. Now you got to like do all three together, maybe play a game or something, you know? Yeah. So 185 is super important. What we noticed is that a lot of people skip that course because it's optional because we don't have an assessment for okay. that course, the putting it together for the folks that did not skip it, they usually build a really cool personal project. Some of these projects, if you get to course 185, you'll see that we have like a little showcase. A lot of them are really, really neat projects. And I think it's a shame if people skip that exercise. Mm-hmm. They miss out on something very important because they're practicing these fundamental skills, these atomic skills, but they're not putting it together. Um, even though we said, Hey, do it. (laughs) And usually people are trying to make like a capstone cohort or something like that. Right. And so they don't make time to do it. We didn't really add anything except for this assessment, which says, okay, you have to spend time building something so we can look at it. And that something should incorporate all these skills. Like don't just, you know, build a static website and turn it in like that's not gonna work right and and we're still calibrating like what quality we're looking for so i, I don't want to talk about that yet 
I want people to spend time here to, again, practice the, the atomic skills in an integrated way. You're going to run into a lot of issues. You're going to learn a lot by building like a fun project of your own. That, that's what we're looking for in the 185 yeah. assessment. And that's the reason for that. Oh, absolutely. I remember because I did do the optional assessment. They did say it was like strongly recommended that you do that. And I was so glad that I did because I was kind of itching to get into, now that I had learned all these little fundamentals, I just wanted to string it together. And I was halfway through core because it, it is right at the end of the back end portion. And I just remember thoroughly enjoying finally bringing all these pieces that I had just learned and bringing it all together. So yeah, it was a wonderful um, experience for me. Yeah, I think you'll see why we do it this way. Finally, you get to apply yeah. these fundamental skills into doing something fun, right? Like you're doing a top-down style. And and uh, again, the showcase projects that we have there are so good. I think even some of those projects, they're quote-unquote portfolio pieces, as many people will ask me about, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's why we added it. We also updated the very last course. We added some async JavaScript yes content to the assessment out to the course and also to the assessment why we did that is because we as a curriculum i've talked about this here and there but it's good to reiterate i think in here right now as a curriculum we have a goal like this is not a course that is designed out of thin air mm -hmm. our goal is capstone jobs like it's pretty specific yes. you know and so the core takes its requirements from our capstone interviews. If they're struggling with some stuff, we'll add it to capstone. Right. And if capstone runs out of room, we'll add it to core. And that's what you're seeing. Right? I see. And we've been doing this continuously, right? Any updates that you see, likely it's a result of that. Like the building stuff, right? Like 185. We're going to force people to build now <laughs> because mm -hmm. when you go to the job hunt, Usually it's like, we want you to build a thing and we want right. you to be like well-versed, you know, and, yes. and quick. And you have like a week to do it. You don't have, you know, a month, right? So we want you to be quick. So a lot of the changes to 239 is a result of like observing this and just frankly running out of room in Capstone. Mm. You know, Capstone is is long enough. We're not going to make it, it's four months. <laughs> so it's not going to be any longer than that. Right. And we even have like a one and a half month, maybe two month prep material oh, okay. prior to capstone so like add all together it's like six months and we're just out of room and mm. and so we want to now push things into core right okay and we're going to continue this and this is how core evolves it's right. it's getting its requirements from the job market that's really comforting yeah yeah and it goes all the way to prep right it goes to the the, the prep courses um like why do we have people do the things in prep because we need you ready for 101 why mm -hmm. is one-on-one the way it is? Because, mm -hmm. you know, so the next course, the next course. And why is that course the way it is? Well, because we're seeing this on, on the market. Right, right. So it's almost this like two-way conversation that's happening that you hear things from the market and then you bring it into the curriculum. So it's constantly updated. That's, that's very Absolutely. reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. And I think last year, maybe even two years ago, we, we actually toned down our database course. Oh, okay. And we beefed up our networking course. So mm. 180 was toned down, 170 was, was beefed up. Why? Again, same reason. Because right. and, and we also made our HTML CSS assessment optional. Mm -hmm. It used to be mandatory. Why? Well, our capstone grads were not getting any questions whatsoever on HTML. Right. So that, that was 
an unnecessary assessment for us. And we have not changed that since. But mm. if people start to get into the job hunt and get rejected from jobs because of their lack of HTML skills, you'll see us time the screws up on, on, on core. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Right. All of a sudden, we'll have an assessment pop up in the HTML course, right? And you'll know <laughs> that's the reason. I see. Okay. I, I can see that now. Yeah. So this curriculum has a rhyme and reason, right? It's not just some <laughs> random reason. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I really appreciate you covering the new assessment, but also the update on the 239 assessment. Thank you for your insight for that. But I also did want to ask you one last thing and the current events that have been happening at Launch School, which is the professional peer-led, peer-led Git seminar that was underway. And I just wanted to ask you, what's the response been like so far? Oh, yeah. These peer-led seminars are so great. We're targeting to do at least three a year now. Mm-hmm. And so the current one is a Git one. They are under, I think, the archives uh, sidebar. If you click on archives, like you'll see all the previous ones. Now, somebody made a comment in Slack about this. They're like, hey, going through it, participating in it is is fine, but you probably don't need to watch it. And I think I generally agree with that because it's almost like a study group, but synchronous. Right. And there's no assessment. It's just peer-led. Peer-led makes it a lot easier for us to do. And how it works is we usually say, hey, look, there's room for, let's say, 20 people. And we grab some resource. Let's say we'll use this book, one particular book, let's say. And we'll go through this book. These are the chapters we're going to go through. These are the eight chapters we're going to go through. And each team will pick a chapter to do a presentation on or talk Mm -hmm. about. That's how these peer-led seminars work. Mm -hmm. And it meets weekly. So if in the case of like an eight-chapter book, we could either do one chapter per week or we can do two chapters a week and finish in in four weeks. Mm -hmm. So either way. But yeah, some of these presentations are just amazing they go above and beyond honestly <laughs> and, yeah and uh, do the whole presentation on the the topic of the day so there's one actually today and i'm going to attend that and that those are quite fun yes yes and when this is over you'll see a pop-up on the under the archives oh yeah i mean when i first heard about it i was just i was tossing out oh should i shouldn't i and i'm kind of sad that i didn't because i've heard so many great things about it so i guess that's always the next one huh yeah, there's always next one. I don't know which what topic we're going to pick yet, but we'll pick something relevant. And these are all topics that, that are relevant, but maybe not severe enough to make it into core, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're all relevant based on what we're seeing. You know, like when people finish capsule, one of the things I always tell people, hey, beef up your Git. I mean, we taught you enough to get through core, mm-hmm. but there's a whole universe of Git. <laughs> Git is yeah. its own world. So yes. So th- there's more to learn. And okay. so these seminars allows us kind of just like a fun, no stress of assessments, right? Just a fun way to g- get exposure to some of these topics. Yeah. Otherwise wouldn't get exposure to. Absolutely. And also, I guess, exercising your communication skills and being able to work together and present as well. So important. And yeah, you know, it's hard to practice. We have study sessions and things like that, but it's hard to practice speaking in public. Mm. And you're absolutely right. This is another way of and really low cost way, right? It's not so severe where you're producing this presentation, like a tech talk or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's an avenue for people to practice their presentation skills to work with others because they're working on a team. Yeah. So I think it's really great. And I want to do more of these. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And next time, I will definitely join the next one. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Thank you for sharing your insight on the Git seminar. 
So again, details about all these events are in the show notes. There is always something interesting going on in this community. So be sure to check it out. So the next segment is our interview with Callie. For those of you who have been in the Launch School community for some time, you would have either known or have been helped by our next guest, Callie. As a former Launch School TA and student, she always gave friendly and detailed advice. This combined with her great radio DJ voice made her an excellent co-host last year. We are super excited to catch up with her today. Please welcome Kelly. Hey, Kelly, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you, Karis. Very nice, <laughs> very generous introduction. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> we last heard you actually that you were wrapping up season three and that you had finished Capstone and had been starting the job hunting process. So what has happened since then? Yeah, so a few weeks into my job hunt process, I was very fortunate to get an offer that I accepted, and I'm a software engineer at New Relic now. And it's kind of funny because we studied New Relic in my project Taurus, (laughs) Uh, so there's there's a lot of crossover there. Oh, it's almost like it was meant to be, huh? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I'm like, maybe this was all from the very beginning of Gapstone (laughs) that was lined out. (laughs) But yeah, it's 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 been awesome, and I think I just finished. At the time of this recording, I'm finishing up my fourth week there. Oh, yeah. Wow. What has your experience been like so far? I know it's just been a month, but what's it been like? Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been really great. It's been overwhelming and imposter syndrome, and I have no idea what's going on sometimes. All those things are true. But what really sold me on this specific team even was they were all so welcoming and friendly. And mm-hmm. whenever I asked them, like, how could I start successfully? All of them were like, have low expectations of yourself. That is how you start successfully because there's so much to ramp up on. So I have a really understanding and gentle team. Um, even today, when I signed off at 5 p.m., I was telling my colleague, I'm like, yeah, my brain is full. No more thinking today. I can't learn anything else. We're very done. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's just so many moving parts and mm. yeah, it's interesting, but it's also like, okay, I understand this. And they're like, good. Now they understand that here are 74 things you do not understand that we also have to know. I'm like, okay, well, thanks for that. <laughs> That's very true. I imagine that you're in that sort of sponge phase where you just have to come in like yes. a blank slate and are now just absorbing everything. Absolutely. It almost feels like RB101 all over again, where I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but you, you have to learn so much context. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that it's almost better to come in as a newbie having a blank slate as in you haven't pre-learned from some other company? Yeah, I feel like there's some benefits and not so much benefits. Uh, the benefit is I don't have to unlearn really anything. Like everything I learned in Launch School and Capstone comes with me and I build on it. Right. So there's no like unlearning of processes or anything like that. But because of that, there's still a lot. <laughs> there's so much <laughs> I have to learn. Not only the technologies that we're building constantly and maintaining, but even the technologies we use like to manage our tasks, like Mm. Jira. I'm like, what what the heck is Jira? I don't know what that is. But now I know what it is. It's like Pivotal Tracker if you went to Capstone. So a ticket manager. So yeah, there's just, because so you're learning like 10 technologies that you have to build and 10 technologies that you have to use, but you don't build. Mm. So I think there's pros and cons to it coming out with, you know, not having a lot of cluttered mental space from other things previously. 
Absolutely. And if you don't mind me asking, could you tell us a little bit about New Relic and what the company is and what it does? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to butcher this. If any of New Relics are listening, I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) So, So New Relic is very, very briefly is an observability solution. Mm. So it allows you to monitor your software, your applications. If you're familiar with like telemetry data, like traces and metrics and logs, and it just allows you to monitor the bad times of your app. So when things aren't going well, if there's an error, where is it happening? But also just the regular and good times. Like, oh, we had a spike in traffic because we had a sale or whatever it may be. But it just helps you pry into whatever you're maintaining and helps you see it more clearly. Right, right. Oh, no, that makes sense. I'm, you know, just putting it out there. I did take a little peek at the website of what it was about. But (laughs) (laughs) okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And what's it been like having a team and and doing it real now that Capstone's finished to actually have an actual team and working alongside with them? What's it been like? Yeah, I feel like so much of launch school is right. We're aiming towards a job, right? Some people do it for a hobby, but most of us are like, we're going to be have a job. And I've had a lot of trust in the launch school process, even when I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to you know, do it. I'm just like, well, Chris said I could, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> but it's it's still almost surreal to just mm-hmm. say something that I can directly trace from the launch school curriculum. Right. And it directly correlates to what they're talking about. And it's, it's real. Like these people don't know launch school. They don't know Chris Lee, but like what I said is true. And I didn't know that. Oh wow! (laughs) And so it just feels like really validating, like all the things that I've learned and the ways that I explain things. And like, sometimes I explain things and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I wrote that on a launch school assessment at some point. They're like, wow, that's such a great way of explaining it. I'm like, well, uh, that's from launch school, but you're welcome. So yeah, it's nice. And it also feels a little bit strange for me personally, because all of my colleagues are in the US and most of them are in Pacific time. So most of them are in Oregon and I'm on the East coast, Mm -hmm. but during Capstone, uh, none of my teammates were in the United States. One was in Peru, one was in Spain and one was in England. And so they're like, oh, it's so, so bad. You know, Cal, you're three hours away from us. And like, we wish we overlapped more. I'm like, oh, this is nothing. (laughs) This is fine. <laughs> but having a team is really great. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That kind of actually answers my next question. I did want to mm-hmm. ask from your time as a student and as a TA at Launch School, what helped you, what has helped you in your job the most so far? But you mentioned yeah. that it was, you know, those answers and those questions from assessments and things like that. Yeah. I think even to add on to that, the thing that I rely on like every second of every day (laughs) is the belief that I will figure it out. Right. I remember distinctly as a TA, as a student in core, definitely as a student in capstone being like, I will never understand this. Like that's my (laughs) initial reaction. Like this is impossible. This is literally impossible. We found the one project that cannot be done. (laughs) But what I found was like, you know, we did it and I did it in all those different times. And so even now when I see these technologies and like my eyes are glazing over, I'm like, I have no idea what's happening at all, but I'm still just like, I can understand a certain capacity today and then I'll understand more tomorrow. And I'm, I'm fully convinced that I'll be able to do anything that my teammates can give it enough time. Mm-hmm. And that was not a quality that I brought when I came to launch school. That's a quality that I gained from launch school. 
I 100% agree. And I definitely say that I've instilled that in myself during this time at launch school. And yeah. it's so invaluable that you can actually do it. And I will conquer this somehow, some way. So mm-hmm. that's right. It's wonderful. And another quick side thing is just, I think it's funny learning to launch school is I explained how to use binding pry to a senior software engineer yesterday. Wow. So oh not gosh. everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> so even binding pry, you can make other people's lives better yeah. <laughs> by knowing that. <laughs> Was he or she, are they taken aback? Yeah, they kind of knew about it. So he, we have most of our projects, most of our products are in JavaScript, but a few of them are in Ruby and they're on Rails. And so he said something, he's like, yeah, I'm just using put statements, but isn't there like a debugger for Ruby? Like, yeah, you can use pry. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but how do you use pry? And so I go, you try binding.pry. So I explained to him like next and step and exit and everything. And he's like, oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Yep. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, yes, I can contribute to this team already. I know debugger tools. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you for that. Guy. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> of course. So now that you are fully in the industry, do you have some advice for our core or capstone students? Yeah. So for core, I would say sometimes when I was early on in core and I heard people talk about when they had a job, I'm just like, that just feels so far. Mm -hmm. Like it almost feels like disconnected. Like, yes, someday I'll get there, but it's so far. First of all, it comes a lot faster than you think. And second of all, I can literally trace most of our debugging to the most fundamental concepts. It's stuff like Mm -hmm. what is the scope of this variable and what are the properties on this object? Like it's a lot of debugging comes down to knowing foundational things. So you're actually building your career, even when you feel like this exercise doesn't matter. That is such good news. That is so good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere. Fantastic. And then for those in Capstone, first of all, you will find a project, you will finish the project and you will get a job. You are not the exception to the rule. You're not going to be the person that breaks the 100% job placement rate. It's not going to be you. And if I can become a software engineer, literally anybody can. (laughs) It's just just so removed from my natural way of thinking. And so, Mm. yeah, you're going to have times of of hardship and like it's going to seem like really too difficult, but you're going to be able to do it. And launch school is just the best place to do it. And you'll be able to. Oh, such wonderful advice. And I can so relate because when I first started, I was thinking, oh my goodness, am I able to actually do this? And (laughs) is this applicable? But it's so good to hear that it is. And especially those little debugging things, it really is fundamental, isn't it? Yeah. The the vast majority of my time spent, I mean, granted, I'm still new, but even looking at my colleagues, the vast majority of our time is debugging code, not writing code. And I think people say that a lot, but I'll say it again. (laughs) The majority of our time is, well, the code we write the most is writing tests because we debug something and then we have to (laughs) write the test for it. So a lot of it is just solving problems of, oh, I got this error and, and, you know, viewing errors as an invitation to curiosity and not like, oh, you suck at this job. It's more of like, oh, here's a hint. And so just, just developing that aptitude early and developing patience instead of frustration, it will serve you well the rest of your career. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for enlightening me and for enlightening everybody that's listening to this. So thank you so much for that. 
Of course. I do have another question. You have been mm-hmm. such an integral part of our Launch Schools community. And I just wanted to know, is there anything that you miss about Launch School? <laughs> yeah, I miss study groups so much. <laughs> I, miss, <laughs> I miss them so much. They were so fun to attend and they're even more fun to teach. And I miss teaching RB109 study groups all the time. Yeah, I also just miss making friends with random people. Like sometimes they're people just from all walks of life. I I love that about launch school. Like just thinking of some of the people that I got to talk to along the journey, like some of them, they're all like X something, right? So like I know an X NHL player. I know several X professional poker players. I know Mm. a former or maybe currently professional ballroom dancer, like a professional video game player. There's so many things and like plenty of teachers, philosophers, And I just, I love how wide of a spectrum of people that Launch School brings. They're so diverse, but we also just have very core values that are the same that you just like make friends with someone and you immediately feel like you can talk to them about anything. And I, yeah, I miss, I still hang out on Launch School's Slack because I will never leave. But (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah, I just, I miss like, participating in it more Mm -hmm. because there's as much as I I love my team, I love my company and like everyone's super nice, but I'm like, there's just something about launch school. It's just different. (laughs) I totally agree. And I think there's something about the curriculum or maybe just before you begin the program that Mm -hmm. just brings in a certain kind of person, a certain kind of professional, somebody that just really wants to do well for themselves. And I know what you mean. Uh, There is like, it is a palpable feeling that everybody's kind of different here. There's something about it. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And I love the community as well. So I can't (laughs) say enough good things about it. So I totally (laughs) understand. There is one more question that I have. Yeah, It's absolutely. a little bit self-serving. <laughs> you <don't mind. laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but from one podcast host to another, do you have any advice for me? <laughs> <laughs> I would say make it your own and don't compare yourself to other launch school hosts or even just like famous podcast hosts. Because I think what makes, especially public speakings, what makes them so good is when people are unashamedly themselves. Authenticity never gets old. And so I've done public speaking for about 11 years now. So it's a bit easier for me now, but I have a lisp. That's half of the people will be like, I don't hear a lisp. Other half is like, we know she has a lisp, but I have a lisp. And I used to hate speaking up front, especially when I get really excited, Mm -hmm. it comes out more. And so I used to just want to be very calm and like monotone. I wanted to hide that. Some people would say that, oh, like you're you're too sarcastic or you're too animated or whatever. And so those things where I would just kind of dampen, mm-hmm. but the times that people have liked my public speaking the most is just when I'm myself. And so that also goes to like how you want to structure things to the guests you want to, whether you plan stuff way in advance or kind of last minute, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to do, that's, that's really the best thing. And also invest in a good editing software. That's, it. <laughs> That's important too. That is I recommend important. a script. The script will serve you well. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kelly. Of course. That is such good advice. And <laughs> I know I haven't really done a lot of public speaking, but I can see because I, I believe that you were a teacher prior to yeah. launch school. Yeah, yeah. So I can imagine how much that has helped you 
just even in your new job, just being able to communicate in general. So Mm -hmm. I did. And I think a lot of people were able to connect with you last year being a co-host on the podcast. So I will try to bring my own spin. So (laughs) I think you're doing a great job right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is all the questions that I have for today. Um, It has been such a pleasure to catch up with you and I wish you nothing but success and a lot of opportunities and to be able to really enjoy your new career. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? I just want to say that I miss you all and I love you all. (laughs) And you can do it. That assessment that's looming, you can do it. You're going to do great. (laughs) It'll be fine. (laughs) Thank you for that, Kelly. And I guess we will catch you around. I've seen you on the Slack chat and I've seen your beautiful cat. Oh, yes. Absolutely gorgeous. Baku. Yeah. He thinks he's king of the world, but he kind of is. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you take care and we'll speak soon. Awesome. You too. Bye. Bye. Wasn't she really great to talk to? It was so nice hearing from Callie and I look forward to catching up with her in the Slack chat. She's always available. So finally, some quick reminders. I just wanted to let everybody know that daylight savings time has officially begun and most clocks have already moved automatically forward by one hour. But if you have an interview or are attending a launch school event and daylight savings are not observed in your city, this may impact you. So just letting you know. Also, April 3rd is the launch school women's group meetup. If you are interested, feel free to check up on that. It's in the show notes. And of course, future podcast episodes, we will actually be answering your questions on air. So Chris, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. And in an effort to, again, make these podcasts easier to produce, if we have a list of questions, happy to talk about them. And I'm just going to create a little form. It'll be in the Mm -hmm. show notes that people can fill out, probably drop it in our Slack channel as well, and maybe in our logical community forum. So there's more visibility, but Feel free to ask questions. If you want to ask it anonymously, that's totally okay. We don't have to mention who asked, Mm -hmm. but it'll give us some talking points and happy to talk about whatever. I feel like there's a lot of interesting things happening, interesting ideas at launch school, like just the one I talked about with you, Karis, in terms of how our core curriculum gets updated based on feedback from Capstone and what we're seeing on the market. Like, I think there's certain like little, little philosophies or workflows that are just interesting. And I want people to know that there's a rhyme and reason for everything, you know? Right. Um, and, and I think it's always better when people understand why we do things. Yeah. So if you have qu- any questions like that, feel free to ask and, and just to make this podcast a little bit more participatory and more open to the community. Yeah, absolutely. So check out that form and your question could be answered in our next episode, which is fantastic. And I guess that wraps up today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Chris, before we end? No, that's it. This was really great. And I found this super easy. And I'm looking forward to doing more of these episodes. I'm really, really excited about season four. Yeah, wonderful. So be sure to keep an ear out for the next one. And as I said, for the third and final time, everything that we mentioned today can be found in the show notes on podcast.launchschool.com. And of course, if you have an idea for an interview or anything podcast related, you can reach out to us at hello at launchschool.com subject line podcast. That's it for me. Thank you. Bye, everyone.